This is Whole Backstage Live, and you're listening to our 13 Days of Halloween. Taken from Catherine Tucker Wyndham's 13 Alabama Ghosts and Jeffrey. This first compilation of Alabama ghost stories brings you famous ghosts and locations from throughout the mid to late 1800s. Shadows of the unrest which plagued the South during the Civil War. You can still visit some of these locations even to this day. Others have long since been reclaimed by the earth and trees and creeping vines. Thirteen individual readers will share with you these stories of love lost, unbearable tragedy, unsettled ghostly apparitions, and untimely death. Look for a new episode daily until October 31st. It is said that the spirit of a workman pleading to be rescued still appears at the site of his tragic death in The Crying Spirit at the Well. This is a story about a well that has a sad, tragic, and ghostly story. In the little Wilcox County village of Furman, very few houses had indoor waterworks during the 1800s. A good well, one that would not go dry during a long drought, was a highly prized possession. But wells, even good ones, presented problems. Turning a heavy windlass or winch over and over, or tugging at a rope to draw up a bucket of water was hard work. And things were always falling into wells. Dippers, buckets, knives, (laughs) sometimes even cats. The worst thing that could happen to a well was for it to go dry. This is what happened at the home of Dr. John H. Purefoy, whose descendants live in the same house to this day. Dr. Purefoy had a large well in his backyard. The well went dry. There had been a parching hot summer with no rain for weeks, and not only this well, but those of several neighbors had dried up too. This calamity occurred at a very busy time for Dr. Purefoy. Several of his patients were ill with malaria, and there were one or two babies ready to be born at any hour. So the busy doctor felt that he simply did not have time to cope with the problems of a dry well. He hoped that a heavy rain might replenish his water supply, though he knew such a thing was quite unlikely. To postpone the necessity of having a new well dug, Dr. Purefoy decided that water for use in the house and kitchen should be brought from a spring near Savage Hill, a mile or so down the sandy road, until the hope for rain renewed his well. It seemed like a simple solution. The spring produced the finest drinking water in the country, and its owner was quite willing to share his water with his friend, the doctor. Dr. Purefoy's servants, however, showed that they were not pleased with his plan. Dr. Purefoy thought that their dissatisfaction stemmed 
from having to make the inconvenient trips to the spring and back. He did not listen to their complaints closely enough to learn that it was not the trips that disturbed them. They were frightened by the tales of the witch who guarded the spring. Even if he had listened, Dr. Purefoy would not have been sympathetic. He did not believe in witches. So, he was first displeased and then angry when his servants returned again and again from the spring with their buckets empty, damp, but empty. According to their stories, their trips were uneventful until they had filled their buckets with water and tried to go under or over the barbed wire fence that surrounded the spring. The witch, they declared, was determined not to permit water to be taken out of the wired-in enclosure. No matter how hard they tried, the servants told Dr. Purefoy that water always spilled when they reached the fence. They were sure that the selfish witch at the spring caused the water to spill, but they could not convince the skeptical doctor of this fact. He tried to shame them for being superstitious, and when they attempted to tell him about the black cat at the spring, the, the cat with the mean green eyes, he would not listen. However, even if he did not believe the tales about the witch, Dr. Purefoy was convinced that he could not depend on getting water from the spring and would have to get a new well dug in his own backyard. So, he summoned a crew of well diggers. I need a new well, and I need it as soon as you can dig it, Dr. Purefoy told them, and they nodded in agreement. They nodded, too, when Dr. Purefoy cautioned them to use extreme care in digging in the sandy soil. He reminded them that the well might cave in on them and kill them. As you dig, he told them, you must build a wooden casing inside the hole to keep the sides from caving in on you. He then showed them how to use the lumber and the other materials that they would need to build the casing. Before they began to dig, the leader of the crew did some water witching and cut a slender forked branch from a nearby peach tree to use to find the best place to dig. He held a fork of the Y lightly in each hand and walked slowly around the backyard. Soon the end of the branch began to twitch and jerk toward the ground. He stopped and he shouted to the others, Here's the place! Here's where the water is. Then he marked the spot, and they began digging. Dr. Purefoy stayed with them until he was satisfied that the men would follow the safety precautions he had outlined. Then he drove off in his buggy to see his patients. Now, the well diggers followed the instructions for a while, but building this protective casing slowed down their progress and after they had dug down about 10 feet, they quit strengthening the sides with the wooden casing. The work went faster then. They took turns going down into the excavation and shoveling dirt into empty buckets, which were pulled up by other workmen at the rim of the well. It was growing late, and they had decided to stop for the day when, suddenly, without warning, the well caved in 
completely covering the young man who had been digging down in its bottom about 40 feet. His companions heard him scream, and then, soon, there was no other sound. They worked frantically for hours trying to dig him out, but the sand kept caving in. He was so far down, so deep in that well, and as fast as they could dig, the sand would cave in. Dr. Purefoy arrived shortly after the accident occurred, and he directed the rescue efforts all night. As time passed, he knew they could never get to the young man in time to save his life. So, they never removed his body from the spot. It's still there. And the grass, after all these years, the grass still will not grow where the well was to be. I don't know why, but some people say that it is the ghost of the young man whose body is buried there. He sits on the ground and weeps and weeps. His tears flow and the salt from his tears keeps the grass from growing. And many people say, passing there late at night, they have heard plaintive cry, please help me, please, please get me out, please help me. And then they hear sobs. And some have told of seeing a figure crouched over the well as though he were crying. Tears falling on the soil where the grass won't grow. Mm-hmm. Yes, the crying spirit of the well at the Purefoy home in Furman, Alabama. This story in our 13 Days of Halloween on Holbeck Stage Live has been told by Johnny Brewer. Tune in tomorrow for our final Alabama ghost story. This has been a production of the Holback Stage Inc. and Holback Stage Live on WBSL Radio. Please, please, please take the time to visit our website and check the show description for a link to all of our social media. Follow us for upcoming events and announcements about what you can look forward to on our production calendar. Contact this show at holbackstagelive at gmail.com for sponsorship opportunities. Imagine your name reaching all of our listeners through our episodes. I know, crazy, right? Thank you for listening. Keep coming back and stay kind.